Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Shay Dixon. Shay, LSU defeats Auburn 48-18 to 14, 48-18, um, in a game that... You know, Death Valley was rocking, 100,000 people here. Um, I thought it was an awesome environment, and it was an awesome performance once again from this LSU offense who basically can wake up, get out of bed, and score 45, 50 points whenever it feels like it. And Brian Kelly said in the post-game press conference he was all smiles. We'll talk a little bit about that. But he was he basically was like, it's fun to coach this offense, but it's even more fun to just stand on the sidelines and watch them go yeah. up and down the field. And Jaden Daniels another casual 400 plus yard night with his arm and his legs um that's expected what you then get to mix in is and a logan diggs 97 yard game is expected he's done about 100 yards every week yeah but kyron lacy goes out there and drops the first pass he gets and came to the sidelines and what did he tell kelly it was it's how you won and brian kelly was like no you owe me two and then sure enough bang bang delivered two huge catch and runs uh you, you called it. Um, he was in his spring game bag. Yes, he looked uh, like spring game. Uh, spring game Kyron Lacey. Kyron Lacey. Uh, but he finishes with four catches on five targets. So he had that one drop but caught the other four balls. 111 yards. I believe that's a career best for him here. I'd have to double check. Uh, but had a touchdown as well. And was that's great to see when you know what Brian Thomas and Malik Neighbors are. And Neighbors had another 90-yard game, scored another touchdown. But – You'd have to scroll down here, right? Like, whereas Ryan Thomas caught one, right? Two passes two. for seven yards, and that's just a he got three targets. Yeah. So it wasn't like he was completely shut down. They just did some other things. They ran the ball some, and they had balance 325 passing yards, 238 rushing yards, 563 total, and they come up two cents short of 50 points. It's not too bad. And this is against a defense that I said, and a lot of people said going in, was the best defense they had faced this year. Uh, this was an Auburn defense that, albeit has not had a tough schedule offensively, but Alabama and Georgia, I'm sorry, uh, Texas A&M and Georgia on the schedule, I believe ended the games averaging like 6.7, 6.8 yards per play. LSU was at eight and a half yards per play tonight. And that just shows, I think, the dominance, the level that this team is at to be, I mean, a step above everybody else in the SEC. We see it day in, day out. The consistency, I think it's six straight games. Um, I, I don't have to stat for me, but basically it's been six straight games of incredible offense. And uh, you even go back to the Florida State game, first half, very good. Uh, couldn't finish in the red zone. Second half got shut down. But, like, this offense is – this was a hurdle that this offense needed to get over, in my opinion. I had them scoring 31 points. I think at 31-23 as the final, and they scored 48. Um, there was never a point in which we were concerned about Auburn stopping them consistently. And even in the second quarter when they did it, a lot of it was self-inflicted. A lot of it was the penalties um, or not being able to finish in the red zone. Like It was very much LSU 
um, and settle for a field goal or two. Like, that's what the standard is now is to get in the end zone every time. So when they kick two field goals in the first half, it's like, oh, what's wrong? They started the game touchdown, field goal, touchdown, field goal. So four straight drives, you get down there each time for points. And the only reason it was a 13-point game at halftime is because of those field goals. It would have been a complete blowout. And what, from there, they punted once. Uh, had That was the Kyron Lacey drop. That drive could have been extended yeah. on a third down. Yep. Then they have a pick where, and you had even written this in the pregame notes. Who was it from Auburn? Yeah, Jalen Simpson. He had the same exact interception, I think, against Georgia uh, on, on Carson Beck and just jumps those middle-of-the-field routes really well. He has four now five picks on the well, air. He, I guess he didn't pick it. No, but, but he, he broke – yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, he broke it, the pass up. The ball went in the ball air. Went they just straight up in the air and somebody else yeah. picked it off. Uh, but you have a pick there, and then it's halftime. Like, they punted yeah. it back, and it was one second left. They yeah. just kneeled it out. They get the ball four times in the second half. They scored a touchdown on all four yeah. possessions. So, like, you go into halftime, you say, guys, no more field goals. Let's turn those into touchdowns. And you get four chances, you score four touchdowns. Yeah. That's as efficient as you're going to get. Yeah, and so that's why we go into halftime saying, all right, Auburn, on the other hand, I think we can flip. I don't have much more on the offense. I mean, like we said, I mean, John Emery, Josh Williams got some carries. Uh, Aaron Anderson had a catch. Caleb Jackson had some awesome plays. Uh, but overall, it's always Jaden Daniels. Third down efficiency, six out of nine. And then first downs, uh, which was a key coming into the game. I thought LSU was awesome on first downs as well. So Mike Denbrock, Jaden Daniels, entire offense continues to be amazing. Uh, perhaps the best in the country at this point. I know Washington had a great game this week. But, uh, yeah, so we can flip it to the defense if you want. I, th- I mean, I think you can make a real argument, especially given that USC had some real struggles with Notre Dame yes. and got blown out. Yeah that, yes, Washington got a win over Oregon today, that LSU has the best offense in America. Like, it's yeah, <laughs> it's one of two or three teams, and they're up there, if not number one. It's incredible. Um, but what, what we said was, is that all for naught? Because you got to play defense. And I don't know what I had. What did I predict? Maybe I thought that Auburn would get to 27 or 30. They don't even get yeah. past 20. I don't remember what you had it as. Um, point being, it yeah. was an absolute dominant for LSU's defensive standards. Yes, a very dominant showing. What drive chart for Auburn? This is what I thought was impressive. The first half, punt, punt. They give up a touchdown, and then punt, punt, punt to close out the half. That is their best half of football this season. I know they only allowed one touchdown against State in the first half. Grambling yeah. scored more than that in the first half, or at least got down there more. Yeah. So this would be their best first half of a season. Yeah, I, I definitely would put it up there. Um, this was, and it's, even the touchdown drive they had on the first um, in the first half was off of two pass interference calls on Zy Alexander, which you know that's definitely chalked up to not being good enough on defense. But still, you had those two, and then I don't remember how exactly they finished the drive, but. It wasn't like it was some overwhelming, you know, wow, they figured something out drive. It was, you know, they threw the ball at Zy Alexander a couple times, got got lucky. So um, defensively, we saw what we needed to see, I think, uh, from the defensive line perspective. I thought it was weird Auburn came out and threw the ball on basically yeah. every play on the first two drives. They didn't run the ball until uh, – even on that touchdown drive, they threw it a lot. But they didn't run the ball very much at all in the first half, and I was wondering if that was going to change. In the second quarter, they showed – a bit of life I think they're averaging five yards per carry they were just too far behind the eight ball you weren't going to keep pace with LSU um, at that point so I did think that was weird that kind of played into LSU's hands a little bit um, because coming into the game I said Auburn's only chance was 
shorten the game. You know, Jarquez Hunter, Brian Petit, get let those guys run. Charles um, Ashford, Robbie Ashford, uh, get those guys running, and they really didn't. So credit to LSU's defense. Credit to LSU's front. Um, I still think, obviously, there are holes, there's concerns, there's all the things you want, uh, especially when holding them to a standard of how can this team beat Alabama, which, you know, we're three weeks away at this point. But um, there are still question marks for me here, but it was good to see them take care of business. And this is a team that won tonight 48-18, and it's not like they need turnovers. Like LSU turned it over once on a pick. Auburn didn't turn it over at all. They had a fumble, but they recovered it. Yeah. It was just straight up, you can punt it and make us go 75 yards and we'll do it every time. And impressed by the defense. How about third down, though? Three of 12 yeah. for Auburn. Yeah. That was Is Auburn big... not good or did LSU take steps tonight? <laughs> it's both. And one more thing I, I want to point out is we talked about it is Auburn had a couple short fields against Georgia, mm-hmm. had a couple short fields against A&M. We said LSU's offense doesn't turn the ball over. They had the interception, but it was in um, Auburn territory. Auburn's best starting field position in this game was the, their own 25, which happened, I think, six or seven times. That's, I mean, you're obviously – and I think field position-wise, this like they've been put in good positions. Well, remember I had that stat that um, – Even Missouri. Batie or who, Beatty, who, what, their yeah. running back or backup running back who um, is their kickoff yes. return man. Uh, they've played five games. He just, he's had four games where he's taken one back for more than 30 yards. He, I think he took one out tonight, didn't yeah. get to the 25, and from there they just let it be. So shout-out to special teams. Um, Bramplett was solid. Yes. Bramplett was solid. Ramos made everything that he was asked to do, field goal and kick-wise. And shout-out to your boy on kickoff returns. Caleb you're, Jackson. You're a Caleb Jackson fan. I should have stuck with it. I should have stuck with it after last week's game ball. Um but you asked 60 about, yards on God, that return. Dude. I mean, that's what Brian Kelly, when he was asked about it, he was like, you know, we have Caleb Jackson back there, so maybe he'll pop one. And sure enough. I at least like that on punt returns, they're just going to fair catch it or whatever and give it to the yeah. offense. At least on kick returns, they're kind of green lighting it sometimes. Yeah. Like, Caleb go for Jackson. it. You know? Yes. Yeah. Get ahead of steam. He had another highlight reel uh, truck, too. Yes. He's and this time incredible. he kept going. He didn't yes, stop. Yes, he didn't stop. Look at the guy. He didn't stop. He is incredible, though. Um. But defensively, I did want to yeah. say before we move on, 25 guys had a tackle tonight. That's obviously a blend of special teams as well. But yeah. 25 different guys had a tackle. Um, Brian Kelly said he was proud of the defense overall. What was it? It was almost like a – he felt like they kept changing what they want to do, putting guys in new position, asking guys to do new things, rotating new guys in. And he felt like now they're settled in to yeah. where guys are playing, know their roles – know the expectations. Is Auburn's offense great? No. By statistically, it's one of the worst in the SEC. But run game-wise, they entered this game top three. Jarquez Hunter did nothing. That was like a key to the game for you was Jarquez Hunter, if he gets his, they could keep it close. He finished with 16 yards Um, on seven carries. Jarquez Hunter, Brian Batiste, Robbie Ashford. um, Auburn ends the game with 4.1 yards per carry. That is – that's a stack. That's a really good effort. That's almost. I mean, that's better than what Georgia did against Auburn and A uh, and M. I think it was like three point seven, three point eight, something like that. So, that is the standard now of you know competing with A and M, competing with Alabama. You're gonna have to defensively be able to stop the run better than what they've done to this point in the season, and they they pretty much did. Now, <laughs> I do understand why. Hugh Freeze came out trying to throw the ball because I still think if this was a capable offense, 
they would have completed more passes, obviously. They would have been a little bit more dyna- dynamic. I mean, Peyton Thorne ends the game with 102 yards passing. They It's now been, what, three straight SEC games where they have been pretty abysmal throwing yeah. the football. So I don't want to take anything away from the secondary, but I don't think this was a good evaluation of how if, if the secondary is better than what it was. I do think this is a fair evaluation from the front six, front seven. Though. Yeah. That's where I have a positive takeaway. They did very well. Uh, Kelly said shout-out to Zy Alexander, who gave up some plays, and then right after that got called for a, a, personal, or a, a pass interference. So it kind of like allowed Auburn yeah. to go like 60 yards on plays that were just on him. And then he turns around, and what Kelly said, he felt like he had a really good game overall. So. Solid showing there. Um, before we jump into some final things, we do want to, as we do each week, My Perfect Franchise. Um, you guys know Andy Ludicky. Uh My Perfect Franchise is uh, the spot uh, to go if you're getting into or want to just know more about becoming a franchisee, getting into the, the business of franchises. Um, and as Andy says, this is the motto. Are you ready to leave the corporate rat race for the American dream? Uh, is it a side hustle that you want to do while you can keep working your current job? Is it just diversifying your portfolio, you know, by building a little more wealth? Is it leaving something for your kids? Uh, all of that Andy can help with. Uh, he's a franchise consultant. He owns multiple franchises. And this is what he does every day, seven days a week. Helps people find franchises that fit your skill set. Um, no financial requirements. It's 100% free for his services. Uh, you can call him at 404-973-9901. That's 404-973-9901. Uh, that's Andy Ludicky And email him, andy at myperfectfranchise.net. Uh, or just go check out myperfectfranchise.net. Uh, browse around, see what you make of it. And again, his services are free. So like he said, he's there to help. If you have questions about any sort of business ownership involving um Involving becoming, um, again, either a franchise owner or a franchisee uh, to some degree with a side hustle. He's, uh, he's there, and a number of Bengal Tiger subscribers have already linked up and gotten things rolling with him. So um, shout-out to Andy. Shout-out to all you guys. And uh, Matty B, was, as we wrap up, they're tarping the field in Tiger Stadium. I don't know what yeah, they're know. up to. They're also blowing, blowing air under the, t- tarp. Into the tarp. Yeah, like I don't filling know. it up. I don't know what they're up to out there. Uh, surprise concert coming before the Army game, I guess. Uh, but I did want to say, well, let's do two things. Predicting the game balls. Uh, I went Jaden Daniels. You went Brian Thomas. Damn. Uh, you fail of a pick. There, by you, you didn't do anything. Uh, I win. You do win. I win this one on Jaden. Easiest pick. Should have gone with Kyron Lacey. Um, I went Greg Penn on defense at linebacker. You went Makai Wingo. I'm not sure who we give it to here. Is there anyone who really? Outside Shand probably. He was the most like outstanding as far so as like he wow. He didn't start, but he leads the team in tackles for loss. He had I think a he had a batted pass. Batted too. pass. Yep. It was a nice pass breakup. Uh, finishes with six tackles, which puts him uh, inside the top four on LSU's defense today. Yeah. Um, but also Harold Perkins. Uh, yes. And really one drive of Harold Perkins where. On first down, he makes a stop for like a five-yard gain. Second down, he hurries the pass. Third down, he just blows it blitzes up. Blitzes and yep. completely blows it up. Uh, on a very good play design where Harold sort of followed the running back out, so they thought he was in coverage with him. But it was Andre Samer, the safety, rolling down to cover, and 
Robbie Ashford never saw it coming. Harold tore him apart. But those are the two. Uh, Harold does this thing normally, so let's give that to Paris Shan. Yeah. Congratulations, Paris. Way to go, Paris. Good job. Uh, that's a transfer from Arizona. Well, um, what was Makai Wingo's final stats? I thought he played a solid game. That he was a, your. He pick. had a nice TFO. Um, that was my pick. Um, dang, all the way down there. Two, oh, there uh, two solo, uh, two one tackles, two, two solo, sack, a yeah. sack, and a TFL. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I wouldn't give it to him. But it Sage Ryan had, uh, or excuse me, um, they only had two sacks. Harold and then Makai. Yeah. So. We'll give it to Paris. Yes. Um, Dybert and Bramblett were our guys on special teams. Um, I'm not sure if there's – Bramblett only punted once, right? Twice? Bramblett punted once. It was a 44-yarder. Um, I mean, between those two, I'd I mean, Ramos made both his field goal, you, but that's six points. You Caleb won by, Jackson. You won by 30. Let's give it to Caleb Jackson. Caleb Jackson. He had a 60-yarder. We return. finally had uh, somebody who One returned return on kick. the night, yes. and he took it for 60 yards. Yes. So. A pulse on kick return, any type of return game is welcome for this LSU team. That's because, like, yes, on one hand, the offense can do it by themselves. They don't need the help of a punt returner or a kick returner getting them free yards or these field position inside the other opponent's territory. But – in games like Alabama and Texas A&M, that could be the difference. If Caleb Jackson returns a, a ball to the 45 instead of the 25, that's 20 yards. That could be the difference between seven and three. I mean, that that is huge, and I can't see teams continuing to kick to him. Not saying he's been some super consistent, you know, breakout guy like like an Odell Beckham or something, but he's he's capable, and I think teams are starting to realize that. And um, I think that's big. Well, again, and he's 220-something probably now. He's 218 in high school. Yeah. He was running sub-10-5. So not only do you have the speed, but he just wants to run you right over. Arm tackles aren't getting him either. No, I think he he's running right through, through that. He's an absolute – I remember when he was in middle school coming into Liberty. Uh, shout <laughs> out. Throwback. Uh, oh you know, I'm with one of his coaches. Shout out, uh, Brian. But – he would be sending workout videos going into ninth grade, be like, this dude's outlifting everyone on our yeah. team. And you can see it. You, you ain't arm tackling nope. him. He's going to run right by you. Nope. Uh, let's wrap up with this. Um, LSU is 5-2 and two overall. You've got losses um, out of conference to Florida State. But obviously since then they've gone on a 4-1 and one run, the other loss being Ole Miss and a shootout. But 4-1 uh, and one in the conference. Uh, to update you on the West race, Three teams now have not won a game yet in the SEC, uh, Auburn being one of them, Arkansas and Mississippi State. LSU has played all three of those teams already. So you've gotten through the bottom of the, of the SEC West. You still have Florida on tap. They've 3-1 and one in the conference, 5-2 and two overall, but that's on the east side. Bama 4-0 in conference, the only team who has not lost a conference game, but 6-1 and one overall. They got a close win today over Arkansas. LSU mm-hmm. and Arkansas played close as well. Yep. Uh, we, As I mentioned, LSU's 5-2 and two overall, 4-1 and one in conference. And Ole Miss, 5-1 and one overall, 2-1 and one in conference. And obviously they did get a win over LSU. Brian Kelly said tonight, though, that, uh, hey, look, with what we have in front of us, we control our destiny here. And he said, I'll put us up against any team in the SEC right now. If we are rolling like this on offense and have a pulse on defense yeah. and we execute like we did in special teams is what he was saying, that he said confidently, I, I'll put it up against anybody. I mean, A&M today loses so at Tennessee. So that's the other thing. So A&M is now 2-2, two and two, yes. uh, and they're 4-3 and three overall. A&M has not had a 10-win season since 1998, I think it was, or 99. It's been more than 20-something years. One one, 10-win season, it was the uh, – one of Johnny Manziel's years was a 10 And then the COVID season, they went 9-1. They went 9-1. If I'm going to give – I'll give it to you. I said that on game day ready. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Two 10-win seasons in more than 20 years. Yeah. 
Yes, they recruited a high level, but boy, is patience thin for Jimbo now. They, it's no longer we're almost there. They're in year six. LSU had three of their commitments on campus today. So we could see some shakeup uh, yes. coming on the recruiting trail. Stick around. Me and Billy yeah, will talk about that. I was going to say, that's a good, that's um, a good uh, plug. It's a good, good plug. tease. Tease. That's we, the word. We may do a little emergency pod tomorrow just to talk recruiting weekend. This was a huge recruiting weekend. They had so many guys in, more than 15 Top 150 prospects were here, including Bryce Underwood, the number one overall player. Yeah, Bryce Underwood on the on the Arlen jumbo and Moore. Oh yeah, they were having a blast swag surfing. Um, but yes, that is notable with A&M's loss today. That puts them much very much it. behind the eight yeah. ball if you're racing for the West. Um, yeah. But LSU still has Bama in front of them. They've got Florida and they do play A&M. Uh, but Army's up next and Georgia State. So. It's not like there's five SEC games left. It's a You've weird You've got three situation. SEC games left to go, and you only go on the road once. And it's to Bama, and it's to a – I don't know if you say, like, beatable, or it's not – it's not like the Bama that yeah. ran everyone over for 10 years. This, this Bama team, like most normal teams, has weaknesses yes. and has things where yeah. you can take advantage of in addition to strengths. Their defense is amazing. Yes. Milrose settling in, obviously. Yes. They've got an awesome kicker in Will Reichert. Um, but I now, as we continue to move forward, it's I a, would agree with the standings now. I think LSU and Bama are the two best teams in the West. It's a two-team race. Uh, I mean, that's – And Ole Miss is in it. Ole Miss is, is in it, two and one. Uh, who do they have left? Because I'm pretty sure they haven't played any. They played Arkansas. They play Auburn, they? Vandy, they, A&M, Georgia, and State. Yeah. I mean – it wouldn't shock me if they struggled. Let's just be real. LSU okay. has to win out. LSU to has to win out. out. That's that's the bottom line. Like, LSU is going to have to win out, which obviously includes being Alabama. So, um, even if you beat Alabama, you know, and there's a three-way tie, obviously, with Ole Miss, then that would create some problems. I have not thought that far because I don't think Ole Miss is going to run the table because um, they play Georgia in yeah. that stretch. So, right. anyways, the winner of LSU-Alabama pretty much – is going to Atlanta. Is the best bet. Yes. Okay. And that's what this comes down to. We, now, there are three weeks from this t- from tonight, we will be in Tuscaloosa watching LSU and Alabama play cool. for the SC West. And it's, like you said, the schedule is so weird because it's basically Army by Alabama. And, you know, Army just lost to Troy and it was 19-0. I mean, Army should be a very, relatively easy game where you put it away in the first half. And so we're looking at there's not much after this game that you really have to sweat. Now it's getting Emory Jones healthy. It's getting – Sprained ankle. Yeah, it's getting Chris Hilton healthy. Like it's getting everybody – I mean, Jane Daniels, obviously, yeah. even though he's Rest. healthy, get him rested. So well, it is – sets up very, very nicely for this yeah. LSU team to be in healthy, comfortable, going to Alabama in what is the biggest game of the season. We can close it out with this. Brian Kelly said it a year ago when they reached Atlanta. He said – October's for pretenders, November's for contenders. And they've got Army, which is a game they will win. They should very much win. And then a bye week. And then you're in November, and you're absolutely in contention for the West again for a potential chance to meet up with a team like Georgia who looks more beatable than they did the prior two years that they've gone back-to-back as national champions. Um, but we're not getting ahead of ourselves too much here. But that's the reality. They no, are. It is. You beat Army, you go to a bye, you're in November, and everything's still on the table in terms of the West and a New Year's Six Bowl, which were two things that I said should be goals for this team. Yeah, because this is the end of 
a treacherous stretch of games where even though, you know, the only loss was to Ole Miss, I mean, it's been SEC, SEC for five straight weeks and without a bye week. And now you go to a bye week and say, all right, we have two games in front of us, Alabama and Texas A&M. We gear everything in preparation for those two games. It is such a weird situation. Obviously, SEC always has those late game, like one late game, uh, non-conference game. But now with two and a bye week, we're looking at the last three, last six weeks as being Alabama, Florida, and M. That's all that matters. And so, it is a unique situation. It's one I'm really interested to see how they approach. And like I said, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but man, that game in that game in Tuscaloosa is going to be something. That's going to be something. Because Alabama doesn't even need to be perfect. They just need to beat LSU that year, like, in that game. And they could, in theory, Alabama could lose to Auburn at the end of the year. But if they beat LSU, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. So um, Tennessee goes to Bama next weekend. Man, so. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but again, if both Alabama and LSU enter that game with a loss, yeah, it still doesn't right. change anything. Doesn't like, the winner of that is going to Atlanta, unless Ole Miss said, Rolls out. goes crazy. So, all right, anything else? Good for me. All right, 25 minutes. 30-point um, win. 30-point win. Shea will have 40 things on 48 no, things on it. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. That would have been crazy for this year. Last year it was doable because you'd have like Sometimes. 13, 20. I think I did a game. Like, I think I did a set. Did I do a 70-something Yeah, you did year. something with like Southern, I think. So, um, but Shea, yeah, we have plenty on the site, though, so go check all that out. Uh, the Bengal Tiger on three, still $1 for a month. It is $1 yep. for a month. So and, boy, go. the recruiting and team. Not only is the team heating up right now, obviously, but recruiting's heating up. Yes. So number eight class in the country, can they get any higher? Can they start flipping some guys? Can they land some more 2024 commits? I think we're going to know answers to all that in the coming weeks and months. So should be an exciting lead-up to December. Yes. Atlanta and the early signing period. Yes. Um, yeah, and check out, the obviously, the recruiting podcast on yep. Tuesday. We'll have mailbag on Monday. So, yeah, thank you all for joining us, and we will talk to you all later. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.